As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's a new day! Yes, it is! Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Wild and Crazy Guys! The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. For the win. We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hope. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you on this semi-gloomy June 1st. June 1st. Kevin Fishbane, how are you? We made it to June, John Z. Not that I was worried. Not that I was worried we weren't going to make it to June. But one step closer to the official start of the Matt Eberflus era. Ready the official start? One step closer to the first official regular season game of the Matt Eberflus era. Ah, yes, yes. Real yes. football. Real football. Coming. Coming. Um, They're not doing anything this week. Are they off this week? Take the week off. I, I, I like it. I like because, you know, for us, because everybody wonders what it's like being the reporters, we always get that jolt like the Tuesday after Memorial Day weekend, like, oh, we got we to gotta be at Hallis. And I'm guessing it's the same thing for the players and coaches. They get the three-day weekend. It's like, well, we, we got we got work today. So it's kind of nice for them to uh, take this week off, and they'll be back at OTAs next week, then mini camp, and then uh, that's uh, summer vacation. Yeah, the real summer vacation. Yes. For Bears reporters, Bears players, Bears coaches especially. Put in plenty of hours. But you know the deal. I'm Adam Johns. You can read me at The Athletic. At Adam Johns, J A H N S. Adam Hogue is not here, but be he's sure on his vacation right now. He is officially apparently. on vacation as well, so that's why Kevin Fishman, the Fishman, the Fish, is here with us today. Um, Adam Hogue is at, at allchgo.com. You know his Twitter handle H O G E at Adam Hogue, and we got K Fishbane there. You can see it if you're watching us on YouTube. Please subscribe. It's K Fishbane, F I C H B A I N. Good point right there. Um, that's it. Swag on obvious shirts.com. Kev, it is June. 
you did a Q&A this week, and I got more questions for you because, yeah, we got to give people what they want. Lots of questions out there. What's, let me ask you, what questions do you have about this team before we get to the questions from our listeners? Mm. I, I, my, I mean, my biggest question, let's, let's put it this way, John C. My biggest non-quarterback question about this team is who's going to be the breakout guy? Like, who are we going to be talking about in January of maybe it's the one of the free agents that got a one-year deal that pulled in Akeem Hicks and is going to get a new deal and is going to be a key player? Which of these rookies are we going to be sitting here in December, January saying, what a great pick? Because you look at this roster and there's only a handful of guys you can say, I know what I'm getting out of this player. This player is going to be a strong, steady contributor, consistent week in, week out. We know what we're getting from him. He's an impact player. Okay, who is I mean, that? David Roquan Montgomery? Smith, Roquan David Smith. Montgomery. You know, I, I think Darnell Mooney, the problem with putting Darnell Mooney there is so much of his game is dependent on the quarterback. So, like, he is individually capable of being that category. But, I, you know, a Robert Quinn, if he's can stay healthy maybe I think is but if you maybe. look at his career there's usually a, a step back that occurs after such right. seasons well and that, and that's why like that's my question like is it you know i wrote in the and today i did a two-part mailbag part one's up uh today wednesday i i brought up justin jones i'm like i'm very fascinated by him you know he's he's plan b well maybe he was plan g or h to the larry ogan joby situation he got a fair amount of money all things considered like is he the guy? Is it Al-Kadim Muhammad? Is it Nicholas Morrow? Is it Lucas Patrick? Is it Byron Pringle? Is it Equinemia St. Brown? Um, you know, is, is it Jaquan Brisker? Is it is Zach Thomas your starting right guard and he has, a, he has a phenomenal rookie season? Like somebody, like you'd like to think some of, the, some of these guys, not just one, not zero. You like to think a, a few of these guys, because that's what Ryan Poles is obviously making on. So that's my question as we go in. Like, we watch these practices and we hope that we can see little glimpses of it, but it's so hard this time of year. So that's my question. That's going to be kind of, that's going to be an ongoing question all year that doesn't regard, re- relate to Justin Fields is who's going to step up? Who's going to break out? If you're listening and you feel like reading at the same time, check out Kevin's mailbag. But I, I also did earlier this week. What day is today? Yesterday. I projected the 53-man roster, an annual exercise that I do where I go through the positions in the middle of OTAs and just rank them by concern. And you and I texted about this a little bit. There are guys we have no idea about on this roster. And I mean that genuinely. True like wild cards players like, oh, who is that? You have to double check because there are so many new players on this roster. And there's so many holes. So many holes. You mentioned Darnell Mooney. Like he might be the only sure thing in terms of, okay, I think he's a pretty good player that you're getting at wide receiver. Look at the offensive line. Like like last year, they were so high on Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins. I feel like Ryan Poles and his staff are too, but what are they going to be in year two? So many questions about this roster. I'm not sure it's a very good roster, but there's potential in certain spots. Again, like a Tevin Jenkins. Maybe if Alex Jones Jr. And you had running back as the least concern position, which is absolutely correct. And I don't think there's a position that's close. But that's the problem, right? 
it's 2022. Like, you don't want running back to be your strongest, deepest, most reliable position. I mean, it's great. It's going to help Justin Fields a lot. It's going to help the offensive line. Um, they've got multiple guys that can swing through there. I'm excited to see the fullback and, and, and how he factors in. But, you know, you want quarterback or corner or receiver, offensive line, pass rusher. Those are the ones you want to see, number one. Not not running back. That's that's not ideal see, I, in today's NFL. I, I walked away from Hallishoff feeling better about cornerback and safety after two practices at OTAs. Now, again, small sample size, extremely small, small sample size, but talking to players, talking to these coaches, the assistant coaches, you could feel the legitimate excitement over Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon in the secondary right now. Yes, they're going to be rookies. Yes, they are rookies, I should say. And yes, there's going to be mistakes for them, but the kids are making plays. It's hard not to be excited if you're the Bears about them. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I have had this thought a couple times, John Z, because I'm a little bit. Um, I like to, you know, throw a little grenade in the middle and, and you know just get a little petty, if you will. Do you think somewhere in Seattle, Sean Desai took a peek at the Bears draft and was like, "Wait a second, like what the hell?" <laughs> they drafted. A, they used second round picks. He's like, last year, all they did for my secondary was they signed Desmond True. They cut Kyle Fuller. They signed Desmond Trufant, who didn't make the team. They used a sixth-round pick on Thomas Graham. Jr. Brought back who, Artie Burns, who didn't play the year prior, right? Yeah, didn't really do much in the slot. And I mean, do you remember who was starting at safety? Wait, wait, wait no. Marquis Christian was your starting nickel corner in the first game of the season, <laughs> wasn't he? Yeah. Like, do you think somewhere Sean decides, like, hello? Corner and safety were big needs last year. I couldn't use a couple second finished round picks. in the top ten. The more you list off these players <laughs> and what they didn't do to help that defense is something. Yeah. Some but point. no, I, I'm with you. I think I think if Bears fans, this might have been a question in my part two of my mailbag. But you know, Bears fans looking for guys to be excited to watch outside fields. I think Brisker and Gordon are, you know. Top five. I think, I think Bayless Jones Jr. could be one. I think so too. Two and practices. Actually, the guy's catching a lot of passes. Yeah, and don't you notice? Because like the only thing we can notice now really is size and speed. Like we can't tell a whole lot else besides that when they're in shorts. That's why Bayless Jones kind of stands out. Not we knew he was fast, but I didn't actually. I might have said this after the draft. I didn't realize how big the guy is. Like he is. He is not built like someone who runs a four three one forty. No. So, and I think it's a it's a good thing. Like that's someone who's going to be able to take an NFL, you know, take the rigors of of that come with the NFL, and it's not going to be he, he's not Taylor Gabriel. Let's put it that. Yeah, way. I was just thinking about him. I, I was yeah. watching highlights of Alice Jones Jr. the other day. Why it's you know it's May. What am I? I'm, I'm killing time here, right? Let's watch some highlights of. Should be rookie. watching tape on some ten uh, U baseball teams there, Coach. But uh, uh yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, good. <laughs> not not really. Get the all twenty two. Not really. You know, what, what, all nine? All, all 18? Yeah, all nine. Yeah. All 18 or all 10, if you count the better, that makes sense? Right. All 10. Okay. Yeah. The amount of like quick screens that Tennessee ran with him, and USC, there was a couple from uh, USC as well. I thought of Taylor Gabriel and how often Matt Nagy ran that with him and how often he was tackled by like the shoestring. <laughs> yeah. You know I'm talking about like could yep. not break tackles, was not elusive, elusive enough despite his speed. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of youth coaching, our 
listeners should read Bruce Feldman's story at The Athletic about what it was like coaching his second grade son's flag football team. Oh, I haven't read it's that yet. Very, I yeah, should do my story about you the coaching the fourth grade. Oh, oh. You, you got a good one. No, but it was it was you'll 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 enjoy it. It's it's a it's a very good story. Um, oh. it, was, it was fun to read about it, and it's amazing. And you know this from being in it that second graders are at this level, like the plays that they were running, and it's it, it's so pretty at, impressive. At fourth grade in our flag football league. Now this is where all the YouTube comments start complaining about getting off topic here with the Bears. We'll get to your is questions this, soon. This enough. is still football. Hey, yes. some of those fourth graders could be Bears one day. So this is on topic. So in our flag football league, there is an unabated rusher. But you can't so you can't you could get you could do things getting in his way, right? But you can't touch him, you know, you can't block him. So we would do a lot of rollouts, a lot of play action stuff, a lot of boots, changing the launch points. And we would do stuff that Matt Nagy should have always done for Mr. Trubisky and Justin Fields. High-low stuff. Simplify it for your fourth grader. Low-high. You know what I'm talking about. And we had a lot of success with it. Change the launch points. You know, flip those hips if you're rolling to his left. Right-handed quarterback. It was just a lot of fun. Did a lot of good things in flag football this past. That was last year. So you guys were a little bit more Bill Lazor than Matt Nagy is what you would say. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more Lucchetti. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Um, Want to get to these questions? Let's do it. All right. Let's find some good ones here. This is from Sean on Twitter. Kari Blazing Game looks like a big dude with some speed for his size. Do you guys think he will get some handoffs and contribute in the run game? Uh, I, I, the, no, yes and no. Like, Let's put he's going to get a lot more touches than a Bears fullback has in a very long time because they haven't had one worthy of it. Uh, but I still think this I, I still I, like when you see this is another guy, right? John's like he stands out at OTAs when you look at him. He looks like a tight end. I think Hogus talked about that on the show. Like Blazing Game does not look like a fullback. He looks like he should play tight end. Uh, so, and you, you watch some of the highlight of his big catch he had for Tennessee. I think it was two years ago, or maybe last year. You could see it, but in the end, we're still talking about a fullback. So, uh, maybe you know, twenty-five carries and twelve catches, kind of season. Can I right? remind you of previous fullback storylines? There's Paul Lasicki on on the trick play. Former for rugby star. Yes, yes. Taking out Kyle Long and forever changing his career. It was yep. that Tampa? Yep. Michael Burton. Mr. Missy's good friend. And roommate. Yep. That's it. That's all I got for you. Tyler no. Klutz. You can go Tyler, back. Oh, we're going to go further. If you want to go further back. But, but then when Mark Trestman got here, he started using you know a, a tight end back there. But you forgot Mitch Unrein. Ooh, I do remember that goal line, goal line uh, lead back. Yes, Mitch Unrein. So no, I, I'm excited to see how they incorporate Blazing Game, but I wouldn't get too excited about him getting the ball a lot because you're still going to want Montgomery and Herbert, and even even Ebner and Darrington Evans getting the ball more often. He's there to take out linebackers. Yeah, Simple and there's going to be and there'll be a play. What was it two years ago? Like JP Holtz at a twenty-five yard catch or something from the H back spot on one of the better designed plays we saw. Like, like there's going to be an opportunity for Blazing Game to do that one day. 
and they'll you know it'll be one of those things that takes weeks to set up, but it's going to you know be the, a huge play. And, and the Bears think he could do that. Talk to their yeah. assistant coaches. They're they're high on what he could do as a receiver. Now, whether that actually turns into real production, Dunlop gets just fields. They go back to what we talked about earlier. You don't want your passing game to need your fullback to be it anywhere. He shouldn't be like what top eight in targets. No, no, not at all. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven U S based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's move on. This is from Sam on Twitter. Who will be the surprise player on offense that breaks out during training camp? This is what we're talking about, right? This is the big... Yeah, yo, I, I, I almost... I have one. We of talk about all right. Well, you go first, and I'll okay. keep, so he stops me from rambling. I don't know if it's a surprise player, but I have Tevin Jenkins. Oh, looking every bit like a first round pick or yeah, a late like first that. round pick, high second round pick. Mm-hmm. I think he will bury some players in training camp. I think he's looking forward to burying some players, even if it's it's his teammate, because that's what you want from him. He didn't get to do that last year. No he didn't get a training camp. No, no. Talking to him last week, or hearing him talk last week, he felt eager, right? Like calm in where he is at his career, confident that he's got to prove himself again, but so eager to to really get going with the pads on. He's lost some weight, lost 20 pounds. He's doing Pilates. His back feels good. That's who I'm watching in training camp. And I, I'm usually not attracted to like the offensive line drills, but I'm looking forward to seeing what Tevin Jenkins does. Absolutely. No, I think that's a, I think that's a great answer. You know, I, I'm going to say this with the caveat. I don't think this should mean that this guy's going to be a star, but I think Byron Pringle is someone that you're going to notice just because of the speed. He's going to be in the top line of receivers, and like you, you know, and, and training camp is geared toward the offense. Uh, and. I just think that because of his speed, because of what they might try to do with him, similar with Valus Jones, but I think we kind of expect Valus Jones to stand out in training camp. I think Byron Pringle is someone that you, there's going to be days, Johns, where we're going through our notebook and we're going to say, hey, Pringle had a 30-yard catch. Hey, Pringle had this big catch and run. Now, again, we want to be careful because you look at the guy's track record. He hasn't had great production in the NFL. Um, but I do think he's somebody that has the skill set to catch our eye at Hallis Hall. Well, it's kind of still sad to say to not say catch our eye in Bourbonnet. Yeah, true. Yeah. I'll miss it. I still miss it a little bit, especially the first few days. Uh, number 13, Byron Pringle for yes. all those listening and making the trip to Hallis Hall this year. Uh, fast, a lot of underneath stuff. I noticed that in OTAs. A little a little bigger than you expect, too. I think he's yeah. like 6'1". Yeah, and again, in terms of quantity of targets it's all relative to your, situ- to your situation he's the number two receiver in the Chicago Bears so, <laughs> there will be targets Yep, there will be targets alright this is from J Mac on Twitter 
What are your expectations for Travis Gibson this season? Good question, Jason McKee. You know, I can tell you what this. The Bears social media department is acting like Travis Gibson's going to be a star by how much he's been featured in some of their content. Um, and he was an impact player by the end of last year. You look at his forced fumbles, you look at his sacks, he piled them up. Uh, you know, I think we can be confident the scheme is going to do some nice things for him as he's more comfortable with his hand in the dirt. Um, you got some numbers in mind, but I, I mean, I, I think it's okay to look at him and say, Hey, this is somebody that could really, you know, have a, have a really good season. You could be talking about someone who, who becomes a long-term starter there. Let me set an over under on sacks five and a half. I, I'll yeah, I would go over. I mean, I think six, seven is, is reasonable doable playing opposite Robert Quinn and al Muhammad. Muhammad um, again in a more comfortable spot in the defense. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what his ceiling is, but I I think he's established. You know, hope hopefully for the Bears' sake, he could establish at least a high floor. That he's going to get you, you know, six to eight sacks a year. You t- you you take that from a fourth round pick, right? Fifth round pick, fifth, fifth round, round pick. pick, fifth round pick. Right. They traded a fourth round pick to move up to get him. So let me get to this next question from Theodore. What position is Jeremiah Tachu playing? He's playing from from what I've seen. He's playing defensive end. Yes. Was signed as a 3-4 outside linebacker. I actually cut him on my initial 53-man roster projection. I think there were some... I cut him in February. Yes. Some readers were surprised by that in the comment section, but I don't think you were surprised. You didn't ask me about where he is. I, I like mean, you said, you cut him earlier. Yeah, I, I did. It's not a huge cap relief, but for someone who's never played in a 4-3 defense, who's coming off a season-ending injury... Who's not familiar with this coaching staff? Like I just I was surprised that he stuck around. Um, but look, you can never have enough pass rushers. He's a veteran. He's had some decent production in his career. Um, but yeah, I mean, what like I, I, I still put f- like do you put Dominique Robinson ahead of him? I yes, think that's the question. Because he's yeah. a draft pick. I think, it's, but I, but is is he going to be ready week one? Or would you rather? No, like, he's not going to be ready in week four, but he's still got to play to get ready. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, frankly, Jeremiah Tosh is one of those guys that you show up at practice and you're going down your roster, and you have to remind yourself he's still on the team. So he's like your fourth, fifth defensive end. And if this is the conversation we're having, I'm giving those ten to twelve snaps per game to Dominique Robinson over a journeyman veteran. I just am. Yeah, it's long, it's, a, it's the long-term play that you have to make. It's not going to be easy. He'll he'll make mistakes just like Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Briscoe were. But you have to make the long-term moves here. I, I do think it is good for Jeremiah Tasha that he is still on the team because that would have been a very easy cut for Ryan Poles to make when you consider all the moves he's made to overhaul this roster. It would have made a lot of sense for him to do it, and he didn't. So it means they see something in him. I'm just not sure what that role is going to lead to if if he makes a 53 i like this question from anish rank eddie jackson jalen johnson and david montgomery in terms of who has the most to prove under new under the new regime this year so it's eddie jackson jalen johnson and david montgomery Mm. i would say jalen johnson one eddie jackson two david montgomery three what are your thoughts of this whole 
Jalen Johnson with the twos. Matt Eberflus was clearly calling him out in the media, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not nothing. But if he's opposite Kyler Gordon at minicamp in two weeks, do we like do we move on? We should. Okay. Yeah. He took he took his lumps. He I'll say every so they've had Matt Eberflus has talked after practice. One, two, three, five times. Three times a voluntary veteran minicamp and two OTAs. What's the first thing he said at every press conference? He thanks the guys for being there. And Jalen Johnson, for whatever reason, you know, and again, I'm, I, I understand it's voluntary and I don't really have too much, usually don't have much of a problem. By the way, do you see how many Packers players weren't at OTAs yesterday? Oh, was a long list. Of guys not there, but um, so yeah, I, I I was surprised though that they're that they kind of made him work that long uh, to get back up. So that's what I was at. Well, let's see where he's at at minicamp, but I think he's got a lot to prove to the staff. I'd rank him the same way. I think David Montgomery's already already won them over to a certain extent. Now whether that turns into an extension, I don't know. GMs value running backs differently. Yeah. Khalil Just, Herbert I mean, produced in his place. Yes, you can look at what the how the Chiefs have treated the running back. Yeah, but but they've the drafted years. guys high. They have. They have. I just. I mean, they don't really I resign think, them. Yeah, I like. I think I wrote this at the beginning at the at when we talked to Montgomery in April. Uh, it would be great if Dave Montgomery was a wide receiver, a quarterback, a corner, or an edge rusher, right, or, or a left tackle. Like everything that he brings to your team. You just kind of like from a long term. What's view, the cliche? Like I wish I had eleven David Montgomerys. Right, like he is everything you want out of a football player for your team. The problem is he plays a position that just is, as you said, it's just not valued as much. So that's why I, they they know what he is. They know what he brings. Um, Eddie Jackson's interesting because the, the reason I, I put Jalen Johnson ahead is like there's there's more riding on Jalen Johnson becoming a long term player. Like, think about how set they would be if he is as good as physically he can be. Like, we, we've seen a plenty of flashes from him. Like, they're, they're set for a while with him and Kyler Gordon. With Eddie Jackson, you can get out of his contract next year if you want to. You know, you, you have your future safety in Jaquan Brisker. You can, you can find safeties. It's not, it's just, you know, if you're Eddie Jackson of 2017, 2018, then yeah, it, it matters having him back there. But, so it be you know again. There's another situation. If he gets back to some of that playmaking abilities, Bears are in amazing shape back there, and they keep him. And he's in amazing financial shape because he can keep making money at the end of this contract. But I, I just don't think there's a whole lot at stake when you look at you know the long term view of this team with him. Let's go back to Montgomery for a second. This is from Nick. What kind of season does Montgomery need to have to earn a new contract with the Bears? Is there a scenario where he plays too well and prices himself out of a new contract with the Bears? It's mm. a, a great question. I mean, what like it's hard though, John. It's like what would what would allow Dave Montgomery to create a bidding war for himself? Let's pull up this year's free agent class of running backs, just so we can get a little. Um, comparison 
Because, like, these guys just don't, like, the money just isn't there for these guys anymore. Who's the last so, running back to get a big deal? Christian McCaffrey? All right, so this year, Leonard Fournette got a three-year, $21 million contract on the free agent market. $7 million per. Was my yep. math right there? Yes. Yep. Good math. So, uh, like, is that what, you know. So what, 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 but, let's define too well. 1,200 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns, maybe 500 receiving yards, and maybe one more score that way. Yeah. He's had 2,000, or he's flirted with 2,000 total yards before. So, so let's say 2,000 total yards he reaches in some capacity. What do you do? That means that offense well, works. It's working for Justin Fields. There's production. In that run game, again, helping Justin Fields play action passes are working. You have something clicking offensively. What do you do? Here's what I do. I give him a two-year fully guaranteed contract. I give, I say two-year... 20 million? Yeah, two-year 18 to 20 million fully guaranteed. And and I, I mentioned this because I got a question in, in the mailbag up today about Roquan Smith. The Bears, not only do they have a ton of cap space next year, but, like, who do they have to re-sign? Just Roquan Smith. Like, there's nobody else that they really... Like, Darnell Mooney, the, the earliest you can give him a new contract is next year. Same with Jalen Johnson and Cole Komet. But I don't think, you know, barring one of them have put up Pro Bowl numbers, you're not you know racing to the bank to go figure that out next March. Um, you have, you've got Roquan. We know that's that's looming. That's it. And then you have the possibility of one of these one-year deal guys doing something great. You have all this cap space. You do, you have a quarterback and a rookie contract. So if Dave Montgomery is incredible, and you still think you can get more, you can keep getting consistent play out of him. Yeah, just give him two years, three years, and give him a lot of money up front. You have that's the thing. They're gonna have the cash. So like, if the guy deserves it, why not? How about the franchise tag? Again, that that's fine. Yeah, because you you you're, they're going to have the flexibility to do so. so this might year's as well. franchise tag for running backs is nine point seven five million. Oh, I mean, yeah. If he, if he if he's putting up, you know, is that twelve hundred, thirteen hundred rushing yards, five hundred receiving yards, double digit touchdowns? I, yes. I think it's a no. I think it's a no brainer. Agreed. Agreed. Where did this other question go? Knowing it's hard, this is for Marcus. Knowing it's hard to sometimes judge rookie defensive players. What do you want to see from Gordon and Brisker this year to know they will be mainstays in our secondary? Well, for both of them, I think it's plays in the ball. Like you want to be, you want to see impact. You want to see them, you know, because they're gonna teams are gonna target Gordon for sure. See what he can do. So can he make plays in the ball? Another thing, a big thing for me, Johns, with those two is especially Gordon is uh, penalties. Right, that was the thing with them coming out is no penalties, which is an incredible stat from college. Um, you know, can they maintain that? Uh, it's tough, especially a corner. So I'd I'd like to see you know minimize those penalties, minimize mistakes. Um, you know, minimize for brisker, minimize getting beat deep, minimize missed tackles, things like that. So some things that you can kind of measure, but it's like for for me in that secondary, it's plays in the ball and don't make a major gaff. No blown coverages. Yeah, 
Don't create. Don't become a. Don't meme. be on national television and, and yeah. have Cooper Cup, the future MVP of the league, running wide open down the middle of the field like that type yeah. of stuff. You don't want to be a screenshot. I like that. Yeah. All right. This is you can, from quote, you can quote me on that. This is from Jason. Any thoughts on Daz Newsom? Any indication on how he is doing? Where is he fitting? In, where is he fitting in, if at all? Well, we've got beers riding on this, Josh. We do. Do we bring this to the public? Yeah, go ahead. Friend of the program, Herb Howard, of the Bigs. Um, Herb is very high on Daz Newsom. What was the total? Fifty-five catches. Thirty-nine and a half. Thirty-nine and a half. Well, I won't weigh over. I that. took so the under. Half, yeah. I took the under before he finished his sentence. Thirty-nine and a half receptions. Now. There's an opening for Daz Dusum to emerge because we've gone through this receiving core. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm not there yet. There's an opening for anybody to emerge. Is there not? Maybe that's what Hogue's doing on vacation. He's, he's working on his receiver skills. We were talking about this when I was compiling 53 man roster. You asked for like Dante Pettis's. Well. Over two OTAs, I don't think I wrote down his number once. I mean, when you're when you're debating Dante Pettis, TJ Sharp, and Chris Fink, and that's not for like, and that's just to be behind guys like Byron Pringle and Equinemia St. Brown and a third round rookie. Like, yes, there there is room for a Daz Newsom to emerge. Yeah, carve out a role. I just, we just got to see it. We didn't get to see him in training camp last year. And it took until what? When, when did he get called up? Like week 14, week 15? Late. Very late. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that'd be a good question, Johns. Is when I'm doing my December mailbags, who's this year's Daz Newsom and Thomas Graham Jr.? Like, remember every week, not just mailbags, you, we would get questions on Twitter, you, you get them on the podcast, mailbags. Who's going to be like late in the se- you know late in the season when they're not going to make the playoffs and people want to see the quote you know the younger players who haven't had a chance yet? Who are we going to get asked about? They want something for the future. Dominique Robinson's probably one. Yeah, Dominique Robinson. The problem is that most of these guys, like when you're talking about late round picks, are offensive linemen. So Zach Thomas little, at right guard. Right. It's a little. I can like, already hear yeah, the calls for it. Yeah, yeah. That's, those could come early. I, Man, I got a lot of right guard questions in the mailbag this week. Do you do you think that the starting right guard is for week one is on the roster? For week one, yes. Now, does that player start the entire season? My answer right now is no. No. When I did that story on the Bears, you know, potentially running the outside zone and looked at the athletic scores. Sam Mustafer and Dakota Dozier's athletic scores coming out of college were so low. I felt almost bad even including them compared to the other guy. Like there, like there's just something that I'm missing here that you have a set idea of what you want this line to look like. You have a profile of a player that you're targeting, and those two just don't fit the profile right now. So I just don't know how that plan's going to shape up. Fair. 
It's going to be a lingering question for a long time. Hey, look, if the, if the Bears are in great shape, maybe, you know, the idea that right guard, like, because if you're a really good team, you're, you're spending all this time talking about right guard because you're, you know, you're worried about it. Fortunately, the Bears have way too many questions, and right guard is just one of them. This is from Richard on Twitter. Which Richard. Of the, which of the UDFAs stands a chance to claim a roster spot this summer? Well, Hoag's guy, Jack Sanborn, is kind of the easy answer, um, both based on college pedigree, draft profile. You know, we had him, Dane Brugo had him as a sixth round grade, and then the fact that he plays a position the Bears are pretty thin, and he can, you know, make his way onto special teams. So... Is that a cop out? Is that like an easy? Give me, give me another guy. Is there another guy? You want me to read through him? Well, I'm just, I, I'm pulling up. I just don't know. I, I got the roster here. You know, I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a linebacker. It's going to be because they have three undrafted rookies at linebacker. So Jack Sanborn, C.J. Avery, or Christian Albright. I got like that would be my guess. It'd be one of those three guys. The other, the other position I would look at is is tight end. Right, Chase Allen, another guy who yeah. had a draft draftable grade. It's a thin position. Like it shouldn't take much for a Chase Allen to, you know, make Ryan Griffin or James O'Shaughnessy sweat a little bit. So take maybe take, maybe keep an eye on him. Who was the offensive tackle from Florida? J- Jean Delance. Jean Delance is it Jean? I don't, I don't know if it's Jean or Jean. I should know. Jean that. Delance. We'll see. I, I try. In my experience covering this team, I think there's usually a couple undrafted guys that generate insane, insane amounts of buzz, like Tanner Gentry. <laughs> right. Who was the receiver from like Missouri a couple of years ago that everybody was oh man praising Hall. the yeah uh, praising the yeah. Bears for for getting him on the roster. That was when people wrote that the Bears had the best undrafted rookie class in football. And zero undrafted rookies, I believe, made that roster. Yes. Yes. So that's where I stand on things. Like, I, I really need to be wowed. Yeah. And sometimes for these undrafted guys, it's not this team, the, the first team they sign with, that, that they make it. It's the next team where they may get, become a contributor, start some games. Just how it works. I mean, do the Bears even have anybody on the roster right now who was a? You know, they've moved on from so many guys. Like I'm like, who's who's a former undrafted rookie who's still who's sticking around? I don't even, I don't even know if they have anybody. Caleb the Johnson again. Caleb Johnson was the only one last year, right? And he stuck and it out. He, and he, he had a nice season. Yeah, he, he. You know, maybe he wins the Sam linebacker position. Sam Kamara. From Stony Brook, still on the team. LaCale London. You know, Sam Mustafer is like, the, he's the success story, right? He he worked his way up. Took him a few years. You know, bad injury luck led and him to the other to guy from name, what was his name? Uh, Alex Bars. Yeah, Alex Bars. One. That's the uh, like, Actually, Ryan Pace has a, had a pretty good track record of finding like one or two. I remember the first story I ever wrote but about. But still, like, there's still, I, I don't know. Like, I guess that's success. Let's play Remember Some Guys. Demontre Hurst. Nickelback. Great yeah, bowler. Undrafted. Yeah. Wasn't he the really good bowler? 
There's a lot of good bowlers who've come through this team. Yeah, but I remember on. my first Bears training camp. He was one of the first kind of the, I did that, you know, undrafted rookie story. And he he did Montrehurst and Zach Minter were the guys that made that team. Zach Minter did. I want defensive wanna, tackle. Rafer Weigel still owes me ten bucks. Yeah, I bet he's listening. Probably not. Former NBC Channel Seven sports reporter. Rafer Weigel. Um Come on, give me some more. One more. And this is now the first Bears podcast has mentioned Ray for Weigel in the past probably seven years, at least. Um, you're looking for more undrafted rookies in Bears past or who could make this year's team? Just give me one more from the past. Um, Michael Ola. Was he an undrafted oh, guy? Oh, from, uh, well, technically, Canada. right? But he's from Canada, but he was an older yeah. guy. Yeah. Started right tackle. That's another one from the Phil Emery regime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Michael Ola. Yeah, but Terrence Gentry was the big one. We, we and, 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 and then we he, have he these a, guys. He made, he made a lot of electric catches over. He guys. did. He <laughs> did. And then you have these guys who have these outstanding preseasons. Everybody gets infatuated with them, and then they get cut, and then make the practice squad. So nobody else claimed them. So it's one of those things where there's always that divide between what we see in preseason games and what reality is. Like Gentry was on the practice squad for three years. Michael Joseph has been on the Bears practice squad forever, if yeah. you like. I mean, look, Alex Bars got cut his first year here when, when he was the talk of, of, of the team. And then there was the story that the Patriots tried to sign him off that practice squad and the Bears just promoted him. Right. There is your oh. history and Bears undrafted free agents. Well, hopefully, friends of the program, Chris Emma and JJ Stankovitz, big time Alex Bars guys, yes, yes, are tuned into this. Podcast. See, I like the, this conversation because the teams will hit on a, occasionally on a guy, but it's, it's about having the right expectations for him. Like Sam Mustafer is a, is a success story, and everybody wants to run him out of town. Like yeah, Alex Bars, success story, not on the team anymore. They played some games. Zach Minner had two or three. Starts, one start, some appearances, and then he was gone. Yeah, he played a little bit because that was the year Henry Melton tore his ACL. Yeah, yeah. I think he had another another run of things in Dallas. Sounds right. Zach Minner did. This is definitely the most play Zach Minner's gotten on a Bears podcast, maybe ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Want to do one more question before we have yeah, a fun let's do one? It. One more. All right. Let's find a good one here. How are you, Kevin? <laughs> Is that look for a while? Oh, I'm doing good. Um, nice Cubs win last night. White Sox are just frustrating. Um, you know, Northwestern's got the first game of the college football season, John C., in Ireland. Really? Yeah, they play in Nebraska. In Ireland? Dublin? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. My son's uh, second birthday is that weekend. I was uh, nixed on my, me saying, hey, let's take him to Ireland for a second birthday. Go catch some Northwestern football. 
My wife said, why would you fly all the way across the, the ocean to potentially see your team lose? Because Ireland is a lovely country. That's, yeah. Actually, she what she should have said is she said, you know what? Yeah, good idea. You go take him uh, across the Atlantic with you and see how that goes and get back to me. She just wants the break. Well, she wants From to see the, <laughs> and the pain that I'd have to go through having a two-year-old on a you know international flight. Ah, Robitussin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Big picture question here from Randy. Bears finish with the top three pick next year. Fields looks okay, but not great. What do you do? <sighs> I feel like we it was Nate Tice on this podcast who was already glowing about this upcoming the 2023 draft class for quarterbacks. Significantly better than this year's. Well, listen. If you have if you have the number three pick, it, it, it's likely that Fields is only okay, if not worse, right? Or got hurt. Yeah, and 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 this is where we go back to the fact that he's not Ryan Poles' guy. Ryan Poles did not pick him. Um, there's two routes, right? You could do what Miami did this off season. Where Tua's like, they just don't know yet. So they just spent a ton of money in draft picks to surround him with everything so that way they could really know. They could really see him under the throw deep bombs and practice when there's no pads on to the fastest receiver in the game. <laughs> Man, that video that they tweeted out, that's got to go up there with the Bear, Chicago Bears QB1 Andy Dalton tweet. Yes, don't... <laughs> Yeah. Social media departments, it's okay to check with your football staff. So, yeah, if they have a top five pick and you're not sure yet about fields, is the, is the question is essentially do you tr- use that pick to draft a quarterback or do you use that pick and all the cap space you have to keep building around fields and get one more year? So here's the question. What's, what's okay? He wasn't okay last year, so okay. Would be an improvement. It's Yeah, better than what he did as a rookie. Which yeah. is a plus. Okay would probably feature some really, really good moments. Do you find him that number one wide receiver? Do you find him that lockdown left tackle? Mm-hmm. Premier positions, top five pick. I mean, I, I think I think you probably do. You know, he's still on his rookie contract. You take advantage, you say it's his last shot. And if he's okay again, then you go into the next year and you you go find a quarterback. But I think I think yeah, I think in that regard, if he's just okay this year, you know that that's a problem too. Johns is like, if you're Ryan Poles, you want to know for sure by January, like what you have there. Well, you know for sure. So here's a question: Is it? Here's a question for you: Is it okay? Fields is just okay. Let's look at the context. He's saying a lot of great things about his wide receivers right now. But let's just be real about this. It's not a great core. There's questions all up front. Is it maybe the worst offensive line in football? Well, we'll see what happens with Tevin Jenkins yeah. and Larry Bourne. But, but I mean, like right there, now, if you just looked at experience and pedigree and all that stuff, like it, it might be one of, if not the worst looking groups, offensive line and wide receiver in the league. There's some problems. 
there's some problems. It doesn't mean that that's, the, that's how the season's going to turn out. Just like just if you're looking at it right now with the evidence you have. You have a first-time, not, not only a first-time offensive coordinator, but a first-time play caller. And Luke Getze with you. He might just be okay as a play caller. Yeah, it is first year. You also have a a defense that. Where's this defense going to rank? You know, like is if this defense is taking the ball away a lot and helping their quarterback, great. But if this defense is below average, that's just going to put him in tougher spots. It should be okay for Justin Fields to be okay in some of these games. Now, would you like him to take certain steps where he becomes the guy? For a series or two, and becomes the guy you win because of. Yes, you would like to see that for a handful of games. For a I, few I think. Games. I think you need. Yeah, like you know how we we talk about the fourth quarter at Pittsburgh a lot. Like they need full games of that. You know, San Francisco is another game that was you know one of his better games. You need more. You'll get you those electric moments. You'll get those scrambles and those amazing throws. Consistency. You want the RPO game to be working, the run game to be working. The yeah, I mean, rollouts look, look crisp. I, I wrote this year yesterday. Yo, Joe Burrow had the Bengals were horrible in twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty, excuse me, horrible. But Joe Burrow was not horrible. Like you could tell that they had what they wanted in Joe Burrow before he tore the ACL. You can't say the same thing about the Bears and Justin Fields last year. So the Bears could be bad, but you 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 can you can step back and you can and Justin Fields could just be average, but it's, that's where the eye test comes into play, right? Look, look, the Texans have had a four and twelve season with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. You know, we've seen that happen before. Um, so it's it's just going to be, you know, what was his role with that team with the team's record, and then that dictates what you do next year with the draft capital and the free agency resources they'll have. I think the only reason you would consider, maybe a couple of reasons, that you would consider drafting quarterback in 2023 is if Fields just stinks it up. Like, it's awful. Yeah. Like, really bad. Beyond bad. Or he gets hurt. And the caliber of player is now in question, just in terms of physical skills. Those are the only reasons. Ryan Poles, I think, has been very consistent in, in considering the short term, but also the long term here. He's not putting all his chips in in 2022. He's just not. He's not. Look at the roster. He's just not. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing, too, John Z, is like we've seen now in the NFL, if there's a quarterback that you want who's available, whether it's a draft or free agency or trade, you could just go get him. And the Bears would have the resources next year to do that if that's what they wanted to do. And then if and if they go th- all the way into twenty twenty four, and twenty twenty four becomes the year that they need a quarterback, like they they could trade up in the draft. They go trade for a, a, a player who's available. Like there's so many different. We we just saw it this past winter. Like if you like you can go get your quarterback in a lot of different ways. Yes, you don't have to just have the worst record in football to do it. Right. I mean, it's preferable to draft a guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question, fun question from James. If you could have one restaurant handle catering in the press box, oh boy, which one would it be? 
Let's make this very Chicago specific since the press box food is awful compared to the rest of the league. So th- this is an uh, it's an easy answer to me, and it's I, I, I'm so I'm going to say Portillo's. Be- <laughs> I didn't even think about Portillo's. I thought but about the other. thing my thing with Portillo's is there's so many things that are good at Portillo's. Like I get the beef when I go, okay. But you ever step over to the Barnelli side? Chopped salad. They have great chopped salad. They've got great pasta dishes. You can get the hot dogs. Like I just think the Portillo's. You know, you get a little maybe the chocolate cakes afterwards after the game, the fries. I just think that they have the variety. Their cake to, shake, yeah, to really open things up. Here is a secret. I feel like only Chicagoans know about Portillos. Their burgers are fantastic. They are. I have had their burgers. Very good. I feel like the outsiders feel like they got to get a beef or a hot dog, or even a Maxwell Street Polish. The burgers are fantastic from Portillo's. I like that answer. I was thinking like Lou's or various local like mom and pop pizza shops. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like uh, yeah. So some, some bar cut pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tavern style. Tavern pizza. Tavern yeah. style. Yes, tavern, tavern style. style. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. But you, problem is, you don't, I don't know if you want that every Sunday. It's better than we get every Sunday. That's true. What we get every Sunday is a pre-wrapped, you know. Actually, we were just getting like pre-wrapped hot dogs. It might have, you know. Been there forever. Yeah. They're there right now <laughs> waiting <laughs> for us. There was a concert at Soldier Field this weekend. Was it Coldplay? Somebody, Coldplay was there. Coldplay was there. Do you think the people in the suites got the press box hot dogs? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know they have better food at Soldier Field. We just don't get it in the press box. Yeah. You can let us complain about it all you want, but. Other fields service much better. Listen, which which probably just, would indicate that their food elsewhere in the stadium is better than what you're getting at Soldier Field. That's I know point. we talk about this a lot, but if we're well fed, that just means we're going to have better stories, better <laughs> tweets, better coverage. So you, as the reader and listener, should be rooting for the Bears to you know bring the press box food up a notch so that they're not 32nd in the league. Maybe full, I'll give them. I'll give them thirty first. There's got to be somebody that's worse. Full bellies, full coverage. There you go. <laughs> I don't know who's worse. Anyway, Kev, thank you for joining. Of course, thanks for having me. This was great. Hogue, uh, I'm sure Hogue's listening, probably on his vacation. So, hello, Hogue. I, uh, um, I kept the seat warm for you. Yeah, at your house. Uh, you guys know the deal again. Follow me at Adam Johns, at KFishbane. Read us at theathletic.com. He's got his mailbag up right now. When's part two going up? Part two goes up Friday morning. Friday morning. So get that. A lot of questions. A lot of questions for you. What's one one general theme? Uh, General theme is, I mean, the theme is still like, what's the plan? Yeah. Which we've talked about. But I think there's a concern about right guard, nickel corner, receiver. Certain spots. Yeah, certain spots. Who, who are going to be the guys there? Okay. Read Adam Hogue at allchgo.com. Uh, rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Obviousshirts.com for Hogue and John's shirts, some baseball hats, some hoodies. Check it out. Uh, that's it, Kev. 
Thanks for joining us. We will see you. You coming on next week? I'm here when you guys need me. I'm just the ultimate utility player. You are. So maybe. maybe. Uh, that's it. See you, everybody. See you. Hog. 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 Hog.